Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live, coming to you from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, Minnesota, part of the Diocese of Duluth. Mark Cheney with you this morning. I'm your host, along with Ben Frost and Father Brandon Moravitz. It is a great day to be here. It's a great day, a beautiful sunny day to be here with you and uh, to be part of Real Presence Live. Good morning, Ben. Good morning, Father. Good morning. Good morning, Mark. Mark. It's good to be here and excited for today's show and God is good. You know, uh, we're in the, the season of Lent now. We enter into the desert and, and just anticipating the way God works. And we have great, we've got a, a, a great show, a great couple hours lined up, got some great guests. Give us a little preview. All right. Well, don't just go to Mass. Know the Mass. We, uh, uh, this morning, we're going to be speaking with Mike Aquilina, and uh, we're going to dive into the, the beautiful realities of the Mass. And we have... Mike on the phone with us. So, Mike Aquilina, good morning. How are you today? We have Mike Aquilina on the phone. Good morning, Mike. Are you with us? All right. Well, we'll we'll get Mike on the phone in just a second, but he's going to dive in uh, and talking a little bit about uh, the Mass, the importance of the Mass. And, Father, that's uh, an important thing for us during Lent is obviously the source and summit of our faith. Yeah, and the more we know, the more we love. Yes. You know, and I think Mike's going to speak about that. The more we understand the Lord, the more we understand the Mass, the more we understand Our, la- Our Lady, the more we can love. You know, knowledge and love go hand in hand. Hmm. You know, the more you know your wife, the more you can love her. Yes. The more she knows you, she can love you. And so knowledge and love are so intermingled. And uh, I think we're going to get after that a little bit with this, uh, this, this great uh, conversation. Yeah, and I think that's kind of... Uh uh, a reality, and I, I do think we've got Mike on the phone now to give us a little preview of that. Good morning, Mike. How are you today? I'm doing fine. How are you? Oh, we're doing excellent. So uh, we're just telling our listeners we're excited to unpack uh, today uh, the reality of the Mass, uh, knowing more, not uh, knowing more about the Mass and, and how we worship our Lord. But before we get into that, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Uh, well, uh, I'm I'm a writer. I've written a number of books, and then. Uh, and uh, most of them are about Catholic history, doctrine, and devotion. Um, I live in Pittsburgh, and I work with the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology, uh, which is based in Steubenville. Uh, and we've put together this, this program that you mentioned, Parousia, the Bible and the Mass, and it's streaming free during Lent. So we're hoping a lot of people will sign on and, uh, and enjoy 10 episodes with Dr. Scott Hahn, where he kind of lays out the biblical foundations for our belief and our practice uh, regarding the Holy Eucharist, and that's um, we want to dive into that. You know, I I was actually I'm really excited to uh, to dive more into this. You know, I've I've read Mass of the Early Christians, one of your books that you've written, and actually Father and I were talking this morning, and and one of the books we've been talking about at our parish, maybe making available is Love in the the Little Things, and mm. uh, you've done a great job with with many of these writings. But what so what's exciting about this new project that you're that you're diving into? What what can you tell our listeners about it? 
Well, uh, for one thing, it's brief. Uh, it, you know, the, the, the installments are just, just a half hour or so, and they really do lay a biblical foundation for everything that we believe and everything that we do in the Holy Mass. So early on in the series, there are, there are episodes that deal with the doctrine of the Mass. And then we get into the Old Testament anticipations of the Mass, because the, our liturgy was prefigured. It was foreshadowed in the, the, the works of the Old Testament, in, the, in the, the works of the Law and the Prophets and the historical writings and the Psalms, the wisdom literature. It's all over there. Um, this was God's plan from the beginning of time, that, that He would come to meet us in this way, in a Holy Communion. And so he, he, he dropped these hints all through the Old Testament so that we would recognize the fulfillment when it came in our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey Mike, this is Father Brandon. Um, so I know there's a lot of my parishioners out there from my parish out there listening today. And you know, for those, those that are, are sitting in my pews here at the parish and and uh, just listening along here today, like, why do you think it's important that they get this message and Catholics throughout our area? You know, why is this message so important for their own journey with the Lord and journey with the Church? Well, for one thing, because it's personal. You know, we tend to think of these things in impersonal terms, mm-hmm. like, the, you know, the, the great uh, vastness of the universe and that sort of thing. But when God laid out the plan for all of history, he wasn't thinking about crowds. God doesn't think about crowds. He thinks about you, and he thinks about me. Uh, he doesn't do you plural. <laughs> He's thinking about, about each of us individually, and, uh, and this, is, this is why uh, he laid out all of those hints in the Old Testament. This is why he provided the fulfillment in the New Testament and in the, in, and in the Church. This has been his plan for me from all eternity. And so it's important that I know this and that I know his love in this way, because otherwise I'm not going to be fulfilled. It's not just that history won't be fulfilled, or, or you know, the Church won't find fulfillment. No, Mike Aquilina will waste his life if he does not come to know Jesus in the, in the, in the sacrament of the altar this way, because that's what I was made for. I was made for a Holy Communion in Heaven that begins right now, whenever I go to Mass. If I'm missing this, I'm missing the most important thing in my life. Yeah, it's so good, Mike. You know, yesterday we had um, our our uh, first rec- our first uh, Eucharist, first communion kids, and their parents with us yesterday, and we had this this beautiful class with them. And one of the things I was I was I was trying to get across to them is this reality that that God wants to be with us, that He wants to journey with us, and and throughout all of Scripture and, and history, you know, God's always revealing His desire to be with us. You know, Emmanuel, and how in the Eucharist. It's, it's the Lord's way of trying to break into our lives and remind us that he's with us all the time. And, and it was amazing just how you could see almost scales falling off of the parents' eyes where the faith isn't, I mean, sure, there's a, there's a, there's a moral code that we're called to live with, and, but so often mm-hmm. there, we see God is distant, but yet the reality is that he wants to be with us, and it's in the Mass, and it's in the Eucharist that the Lord desires to be with us. And to all of our listeners out there, remember that, that God wants to be with us, that Christ comes through the Mass to be with us and to be present to us. And what a gift it is because we long to be with him, but he longs to be with us more than we long to even be with him. Yeah. A- absolutely. And, and, uh, and, and when, you, when you come to understand that, that central mm-hmm. reality, that this is the golden thread that runs through the Testaments, this desire of God 
for greater communion with us, and this desire that we don't acknowledge of greater communion with Him. Uh, When you see that, when you see how it plays out over the course of the Scriptures, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, your reading of the Bible becomes more vivid and exciting. A lot of people say they don't read the Bible because they don't get it, because they they don't understand it, they find it boring. Well, once you understand what it's all about, it becomes more exciting. You, you, you come to see it in a personal way, because it's all about my next Holy Communion. It's all about my next experience of the Mass, and then all of those readings that take place during the Mass, they have a context in which we can understand them. So yeah, it just makes life better all around. <laughs> you know, Mike, as we're talking, I was just thinking, uh, recently we do these family movie nights, and... Um this one night, you know, our family sitting down, and the, I had to put the baby to sleep, and it took a while. And I came down through the movie; it's about three quarters of the way through. And I remember I, I tried to like get into it, but I had no clue like what's going on. And I think similar for like many Catholics, they come into the mass, and they might not know the story of our faith. You know, they see these rituals; it's like, but they they might not understand like the basis. Is there kind of a connection there where? Uh, what you're trying to work is to really help people understand and know the fullness of our story. Yeah. And as Father said, like this presence that God desires to be with us, but we don't know the story. That's right. Now, the early episodes in the series talk about the doctrine, and then we get into the Old Testament foreshadowing, as I said, and we get into the New Testament fulfillment, and that's broken down in several pieces, because uh, our Lord uh, fulfills it in his life, in his pastoral mystery, in his dying and rising and, and glorification. Uh, but then we also find uh, the Eucharist uh, in, in the Acts of the Apostles, and in the Epistles of St. Paul, and in the other Epistles, and finally in the visionary texts of the New Testament, the letter to the Hebrews, and the book of Revelation toward the end of the canon. So, so, um, so we see it all through there. But then we go on and we bring out um, uh, historical texts. Uh, from the early church that described the Mass. And we also have a couple of episodes where we walk through the ceremonies of the Mass, the individual rites, those, those ritual postures and gestures, uh, the vessels and the vestments that are used. And we, we talk about the meaning of those individual items, those, 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 those individual actions. They, they have a rich meaning. They're not, just, um, they're not just there for the spectacle. They're not just there for the pageantry. They're not just there to make things grand or beautiful. They have meaning, and usually the meanings are deep in Scripture. So we try to bring those out in, in individual episodes that deal with the liturgy of the Word and then with the liturgy of the Eucharist. And then later on in the series, um, we talk about how the Mass really is this, this foretaste of heaven. And, uh, and how we experience heaven now. We can't see it with our eyes the way we will at the end of time, but Christ has no more glory, no, no less glory when he comes to us in the Mass than he will at the end of time. We just can't see the glory now, but the glory is there when we receive him in the Mass. Yeah, and I, you know, Mike, I, I think about how, as you were saying, every little thing that's done at Mass has a purpose. There's nothing that's done by, by accident and I find um, in parishioners, and, and, and yesterday, even after Mass, one of the, one of the young people uh, came up to me and said, Father, why do you, why do you crack off a piece of the, the, the host and put it into the chalice, you know? And I, I was just struck by the, the desire to know. And yes. one could sit and just look at one little part of Mass 
and just marvel and on wonder of just that one little moment, you know, for, for, for years of their life. Um, because yeah. everything is done for a specific reason. And the more we understand things, we're not just sitting back and watching Father do his thing. We are, we are in the, the awe and wonder of God and, and our intellects desire to know. But, and then the, as we know, then our hearts are drawn into that. Um, and so I'm so grateful for your work and like bringing out those things because the more my people and the more our people understand this, the more they're going to fall in love with the Mass. Yeah, and I hope many people will sign on for it. All you have to do is go to stpaulcenter.com, stpaulcenter.com. Uh, go there, and you'll be guided to the Parousia page. And all you have to do is plug in your email address, and you'll find out everything you need to know after that by, by email. Uh, there's no cost involved. Uh, there's, a, there's an app you can download for the purpose to make it even easier for you and give you reminders and that sort of thing. Um, there's also a, a workbook. Uh, you can buy if you want to, but you don't need the workbook. It's only if you want to dive a little bit deeper into the text. Yeah, the other thing, uh, Father, as you were talking too, and, and again, when we, when we start to, to realize and understand some of the beauty behind these traditions, um, you know, recently, even this year, we, we brought the, the young people into the church, and uh, we were explaining, you know, about the Mass and the Holy Eucharist, and, and one thing that they were really drawn to is we started to... Uh, discuss with them and let them know that in, when the priest goes up and he reverences the altar and inside every altar is a relic from a saint uh, in the church. And they were just so intrigued by that. And then to get into the stories of, you know, the, those, the saints and the early Christians of the, the, the first years of the church. And here's these Christians going into the catacombs and like praying the mass over literally like the, where the, where the martyrs were buried and then connecting that, like, look at the, the depth of faith that these people have. And sometimes we just, again, come into mass and we see, you know, father goes up and he kisses the altar and, and we kind of miss some of these things, but we connect our story back. It, it seems to bring a little more life to our faith. Would you agree, Mike? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I can remember many years ago visiting a parish in um, central Pennsylvania, uh, and, uh, and before every Mass, uh, they, they had a guy who came out, and he took just two minutes explaining one little tiny detail of the Mass. And this happened every week, so that over the course of years, the people would learn about all those different parts of the Mass, but also they would learn a certain pattern. They would learn, they would train their minds to be attuned to these little things in the Mass so that they could become big things for them, because they're meant to. Uh, you know, every little detail in the Mass has an enormous meaning that, that we can choose to, um, to, to study, to, to learn about, or, or to ignore. And most of us, unfortunately, just choose to, to, to ignore these things, and, uh, and so we don't see the Mass as the, um, the exciting right that, that it is. From the beginning of, of biblical history, um, biblical religion has always been centered on its liturgy, its, its ritual public worship. This is the way it's been all through the life of the Church, all through the history of the Church, and then before that, all through the history of Israel. This is, this is the way we worship. Uh, and the more we know about our forms of worship, the, the more rewarding the experience will be. This is Real Presence Live, coming to you from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia. Father Brandon Moravitz, Ben Frost, and myself, Mark Cheney, along with our guest, Mike Aquilina. And we'll be back with more of our conversation right after this on Real Presence Live. 
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. We have all lost someone to the reality of death, some more tragic than others. I'm Father Chris Alar. While grieving is a natural process, it helps if you know how to navigate your way through it. As my friend Sammy Wood says, you can never get over a tragic loss, but you can get through it. Come to know the stages of grief, which are acute, integrated, and complicated grief. Seek help whenever needed, either from a friend or especially from medical professionals. There is no shame in asking for help. Remember, Jesus accepted the help of his followers while bearing the weight of the cross on his way to Calvary. Don't go it alone. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back this morning. Real Presence Live coming to you from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, part of the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota. We are joined today by our very special guest, Mike Aquilina. It is Father Brandon Moravitz, Ben Frost, and I am your host, Mark Cheney. Father, take it away. Hey, Mike, it's great to be back with you. And, uh, you know, I kind of want to start this conversation with um, just asking you just to speak to the, the giftedness of um, kind of modern means of evangelization. Uh, it's quite remarkable that, that we, have, we have projects like you're working on that make this so available to people all around the world. Um, I often kind of laugh and think, imagine if St. Paul would have had these means. Um, and, and sometimes we, because we live in it all the time, we lose sight of the giftedness of some of these things that could really form our minds and our hearts and our lives. And, and often um, we, we do talk about the evils of modern technology, but there's an incredible giftedness. And how do we utilize these things in, in a greater way to bring out the gospel and to bring out the teachings of the church? And could you speak to the giftedness of that reality in our in our modern our modern culture. Well, you bring up a good point there, and it's something that Christians have always done and, and done well. I, I mean, you mentioned Saint Paul, right? Yeah. I mean, Paul used the means that were at his disposal. What mm-hmm. were they? Well, he could write a letter 
and then the re- letter would be read out in a congregation. Yeah. And that's what he did, because that was at his disposal. What, what's the other thing he had? Well, the only other mass medium that was available to you in those, in those days was to stand in the public square, you know, put out your arm and start talking, yeah. and talk loud. Yeah. And that's what he did. He would, he would go into public spaces, sometimes just outdoors in the Acropolis, or you know, wherever, wherever he could find the crowd, um, and, uh, and, and he would speak. He would speak. So they were the mass media of his time. Yeah. In a, a hundred years later, we find that this new technology was introduced, and it was called the book. Now, there was no printing press, there was no mass production, so a book was all about its binding. It set it apart from the scroll, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the book was useful for a lot of reasons. This, if you were doing research, it made your research easier because you could flip pages instead of unrolling this gigantic scroll to try to find your place. Well, Christians were there at the forefront, and they took over the technology. It was Christians during the years of persecution that drove the technology of the book and perfected it, made it useful for them, but kept making it better for God, because they had this greater motivation than market share. Uh, And if you go down through history, you know, you get to the, the time of the printing press. The growth of the printing press was all about the printing of the Bible and liturgical texts. Those were the things that were in demand at the time, and and Christians, Catholics especially, were driving this forward. We get to the 20th century, and we have the advent of radio. Most people don't know that the first patent that was made in the United States for radio equipment was was from a priest in Pennsylvania. Hmm. It was registered by a priest in Pennsylvania. Hmm. And he was thinking, wouldn't it be great if we could broadcast the gospel? And then early on in radio's history, here in Pennsylvania, once again, I'm a a real patriot, uh, (laughs) but we had a priest who started saying Mass on the air, Father James Cox. So, and then, of course, Marconi himself, who invented broadcast radio, uh, was was a convert to Catholicism. So, So we've always been there trying to seize the new means of getting the word out getting it out in the, to the widest possible audience, and then perfecting those means. So often it's been Catholics who have done the perfecting, uh, who've driven the technology because we have a higher motivation, and it should be happening today as well. Yeah, and Mike, as we talk about, again, evangelization and bringing our Lord and the, the, the teachings of the Church and the Mass out to the people, you know, I have this experience when I talk to people sometimes, and maybe they're just starting to come into their faith, and, and uh, I just... They'll often tell me like it's just either they're they're overwhelmed or they're they're kind of confused and you know they they picked up the scriptures and they try to read and they kind of get lost they come to mass and and they see these customs and maybe they they're just a, a little overwhelmed by it like what would you speak to that experience maybe someone's listening right now and and they feel like gosh I just I don't get some some of the basic concepts and and uh, what would you speak to their heart about the sense of you know our faith and our Lord and the Mass, and, and uh, again, like enhancing our knowledge of these things. What would you say to someone that maybe feels a little overwhelmed? Well, I'd say start somewhere. I mean, that's the important thing. Start somewhere and stick to it. Uh, you know, someone once said that 80% of life, uh, 80% of success in life is just showing up. Mm-hmm. The important thing is to start something today and then stick with it. Go back to it every day. 
And there are good texts that you can use. The other thing is to be faithful to the Mass. If you're going to Sunday Mass, that's a great thing, going, going on Sundays and Holy Days, because that's what the Church requires of us. <laughs> Go. Keep going. But maybe also add one weekday to your schedule. Start going one weekday to experience the Mass in a quieter way and to experience it in a different ambiance, you know, get a different feel for it. Um, but then, yeah, go ahead and read something. Now, some people are history buffs, okay? So if you're a history buff, then get one of those popular books, like you're describing, about the history of the Mass. I've written a few of those myself, like the Mass of the Early Christians. Re- get one of those books and read it at the pace at which you're comfortable. If you're just comfortable reading for five minutes a day, then just stick with that. Grow as gradually as as as, uh, as as comes naturally to you. Some people try to force a whole lot of knowledge at a high level, and, and it just doesn't work, and then they're frustrated. But I'd say just go with what works for you, and uh, and and go with the, um, the the kind of reading that you that you're most comfortable with. The great thing about about life today, as you pointed pointed out earlier, Father, is that um is that um is that there's so much Catholic publishing today. I can remember when I was a kid, there were just a couple of Catholic publishers that were active and vital in putting out, putting out new titles with regularity. Today, there's no way you could keep up with the output. So just see what's out there. You know, take a look at what's out there and find the books that seem to speak to your interests and your desires, and then just go, go through them at the pace where you're comfortable. That's so good, Mike. And I, I just, I'm going to be, I'm just going to kind of share with the audience a little bit of my own experience, even as a priest sometimes. Like, I can be on the radio with, with a guy like you, and I can be intimidated because it seems like you know so much. And I can feel like, holy cow, like I've gone to eight years of seminary and I've studied, but there's so much that I don't know. But I think that's the experience that, that should be an experience of a Catholic, you know, that, that we always have this humble disposition that I don't know everything and that I always have to learn. And, and I think sometimes people get paralyzed because they feel like they have to know everything before they move forward or they have to be, have yeah. everything together before they move forward. And could you kind of speak to that? Because sometimes yes. I th- I, we can be mesmerized by look at Mike and how smart he is and I'm not that smart, so I must not be a good Catholic, you know, and like no, no, speak to that, no. Mike. No, no, no. I mean, if if um, you know, you know, if we if we talked about about auto mechanics, yeah. right, the workings of a car, if we talked about about um, astrophysics, if we talked about any other subject, we would expect the subject at its higher levels to be somewhat demanding, yes. and maybe even beyond us. There are certain things that there's no way in the world I can do with my car. You know, right, I right. need to take it into the dealership because they have the tools. They have the knowledge, they have the technology, right? Well, I mean, we have to find out where we are in that spectrum yeah. and, uh, and, and, and kind of uh, grow from there. You know, take mm. ourselves to the next level or let the books take us or even take classes if those are yeah. available to us. But we should expect the material to be demanding yes. because this is the most important stuff. It's more important <laughs> than astrophysics. It's more important than auto mechanics. This is the revelation of mm. God mm. in yeah. time. And so, so, so why, sh- why wouldn't it be demanding at the highest levels? And I was thinking, too, Mike, that, um, you know, knowledge deepens relationship, and relationship deepens knowledge. Like, on any level, think of a person's relationship. You know, when I first met my wife, mm-hmm. I was drawn to her, but I did not have, like, a full knowledge. And even now, I'm learning more and more and more about my wife. But it starts at a point of saying, I'm taking a step forward in faith to get to know this person. And I think with our faith, too, where it's like, when you focus on, I have this 
desire for relationship with the Lord. And from that place comes, I want to know more and more about this God that I deeply love. Is that, is that right? Yes, yes, yes. And your, and your analogy is excellent. It's just like marriage. Because there will come a time in your marriage when you need to work on it. You know, yes. it doesn't just kind of roll out naturally. You know, to some extent it does. But there are times when there are new challenges, you know, because of your circumstances, a change in job, you know, the, the biochemical changes in our bodies. All of these things change our relationship, and we have to turn our attention fully to that relationship and, 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 and engage it and come up with a plan for going forward. That's what we do for love, and we should be madly in love with God. We should have a plan for going forward in relationship with Him, not just... Well, I'm going to passively sit here and let it happen because uh, God's omnipotent and God's omniscient and He can do the job. I don't know what I'm doing. That's a cop out. That's a cop out. No, this is love we're talking about. So it's got to be ourselves entering into it just as much as God is. Yes. That's demanding. But he'll give us the grace to do that. Huh. Amen. You know, I really appreciate your fire, Mike. I'm so grateful. It, it, it just praise God for that, that gift of your fire in your heart there. And um, could you just, just as kind of we kind of wrap up our time together, just again, give people just a quick little, um, uh, let them know how they can access um, your, your current study and, and how they can, 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 can view that. Well, it's called Parousia, the Bible in the Mass, and it's there at stpaulcenter.com, stpaulcenter.com. You'll be guided right to it. It's free. It's online. It's streaming, and it's uh, it'll it'll be free through Lent. Uh, so you can you can uh, you can go there, and all you have to do to register is plug in your email address, and you're on. You're in. Awesome, awesome, Mike. Thanks for being with us this morning. You have a great day. Okay. You too. Take care. Thanks right. for having me. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. It has been a great half hour here as we uh, get our show started from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, Minnesota, part of the Diocese of Duluth. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Mark Cheney, I am your host this morning alongside the radio microphones of Father Brandon Moravitz and Ben Frost. More of our show coming up. Up next, gentlemen, what do we have? We've got a lot coming. Yeah, what's on our minds? Well, you have to stick around and find out. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Live. Engaging and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.